Hello, Sipe. Hey, it's what's up? Hey, what's going on? This is Mike Sweeney. What's up, homie? Do you want me to shout out Mike Sweeney? Or, or, what are you, Jewish? Uh, no, I'm actually not. No, I'm not Jewish. Would it be better if, you, well, if I told you I was Jewish? Oh, no, you're a white kid, right? Yeah, white. Well, yeah, I'm white. Oh, no, I'm just trying to Sweeney. I know some people. All right, so basically, you want me to shout out Keep It Basement, right? We in the building. Still keep It Basement? Yeah. Keep it what? Like, keep it, like, keep it in the house. Keep it yeah. in. Keep It Basement. Yes. And what, what's your name, you guys? My name is Kevin Sweeney. Mike Sweeney, but that was so good. Oh, man. How did I get that wrong? What up, y'all? It's the show off DJ Static Selector. Hey, what's up? This is Karen Civil Rhapsody. What's good? It's Soli Ghost. Montana, okay, rap guy. Yo, what's up? This is Steve Lobel. I want to shout out Keep It Basement with Sweeney and Ted. Tay, or you could say Ted. I don't care. Sweeney and Ted. Ted, like the movie of the, the fucking teddy bear, Ted. His name's right? actually Tay, but he just, I guess he's too scared to tell you that. If you said Ted, it'd be funny as shit anyway. <laughs> Nikki Paris, and you're listening to Keep It Basement Radio. Don't go anywhere, bitch. And you keep doing you, and I hope you get laid. Sweeney's Keep It Basement Podcast, Keep It Basement Media. Some interesting stuff coming this fall. Yo, I got a TV show coming. Keep It Basement TV. Yeah, I mean. But for reals, um, yo, this episode, I got a special guest on my podcast. Um, comedian Andrew Schultz interview. You know, Andrew Schultz had a show at the Stress Factory recently. Stress Factory Comedy Club in New Brunswick by Rutgers. So keep it basement with the Sweens. Went over there to interview him after, and we touched on different topics like comedy, entertainment, you know, TV shows, MTV, stand-up, podcasts, uh, brilliant idiots with Charlemagne balancing the creative outlets he has, focusing on one thing. Uh, talked about him getting nervous early in his stand-up career, and uh, new TV shows and concepts with MTV. Um, his stand-up special he's shopping on the market and you know the talking about podcasts white privilege just a ton of issues online dating kylie jenner ariana grande uh, passion over profit and he gives some gems and some real talk on some stuff so check out the interview um and this is cute basin podcast y'all shout out to homie tay my co-host moved to uh, la and left me so i got to talk to myself like a fucking asshole now nah, i'm just playing but, yo, big up to him. He's doing his thing out there. And I'm going to be out there someday with him. Yeah. Or visiting him, at least. But, yeah, keep it basement. Check it out with Andrew Schultz. Bro! Yeah, this is the bro segment for all the bros out there. Just calling all the bros out there. Helping y'all bros out. About to bro up on y'all. Keep it basement here with Andrew Schultz. I can't say his name right sometimes. But, uh... Does everything you do creatively fall into one compartment, or is it multiple things? Like, you got the podcast, you got TV, you got stand-up. How do you balance everything to be as successful as possible? Oh, man. Uh, I, I don't really balance things that well. I, I'm not very good at, like, multitasking or anything like that. I, I got to do one thing and, like, fix that. I have to do one thing at a time. You know what I'm saying, though? Like, yeah. 
How do you get the podcast, Brilliant Idiots, to be top tier? How do you get your stand-up to elevate to another level? And how do you do a bunch of TV shows at the same time? It's, it seems, sounds tough. All right. So you, you get the podcast to be top tier just by repetition. You do it every single week. And you do it with, like, the, the best person that's doing radio right now. That absolutely yeah. helps. You know, it's like you play ball with Jordan, you end up getting better than if you play ball with some, like, middle school kids, right? So, um, so that's that. And then when it comes to... Uh, Honestly, when it comes to like the TV things, for me, it's just one thing at a time. Yeah. I just focus on one thing at a time. If I'm doing TV, I just do TV. I stop doing stand-up. If I'm filming a TV show, I stop doing stand-up until I'm done filming that. Because I'm not good at like separating my brain. I have to give 110% effort at everything, anything I do. So if it's stand-up, I'm just fucking focused on stand-up. If it's TV, I'm just doing that. If it's the podcast, the night before is just me focused on that. So, Did you ever, early in the career, get nervous? Because when you were talking on the podcast and like when you were interviewed on The Breakfast Club, he would talk, Charlamagne would talk about how you have anxiety and things like that but i don't really see it yeah. in your in your creativity but a lot of creative people do are messed up in the head mentally yeah. oh, but you seem pretty normal compared to a lot of comedians yeah i mean i'm normal in terms of like i'm not suicidal or any of that kind of shit like that but you know i've got my issues you know but i think your issues are what make you good at shit right it's like if you don't have something fucked up about you then you don't have to compensate for it and then you won't be good like if you're just normal and like all your parents love you and life is good why would you ever develop an excellent skill set at anything Right? It's like the people who go through some real shit are the ones that actually have this like crazy fucking skill. Unless it's athleticism and that's a little bit different. It's like God given. But like when you develop a skill like humor or you develop a, you know, something like painting or create creative, some kind of creative outlet, something fuels that. It's like I need to put this into there. Right? So. But uh, will the artist stand up die out similar to radio? Like you see Charlemagne saying he doesn't know if he's going to do something in 10 years on radio. And uh, it feels like a lot of these YouTubers are making more loot than stand-up comedians, and I don't think it's fair yeah. in a way. Um, I think, you know, it's fine. I think you make what you bring, right? Like, if you can bring a million people to something, you deserve to get paid for that. I don't, I'm not one of these comics that, like, gets upset at the YouTubers or anything like that because, to be honest, I think they make our job easier. It's like the expectation is set really low on like Instagram and Vine and stuff like that. So like when you, if you get into comedy through that at a young age and you want to go to a stand-up show, you're going to find it hilarious because you're laughing at someone in a wig, right? So I'm grateful for that. Yeah. You know, I'm, I think it's a great thing. Anytime people are laughing and they value laughter and laughter is like a, a piece of currency, that's good for us as stand-ups, right? Because we're the ones who actually know what's going on. Do you have a pre-show ritual before stand-up? I used to take a shit before I went on stage. I would get, like, nervous, so I'd have to take a shit. And then I don't really do that anymore. I just kind of hang out. Like, sometimes I'll take a nap. Maybe I'll go through, like, ideas I want to talk about. But, yeah, it's interesting. The more comfortable you get, the less, like, bodily functions happen. I used to pee, like, seven times, take at least one shit, and, like, it was a big deal. But, no, now, now I'm pretty good. And, uh... You have a special coming out. You're like shopping it or something. What's yeah. the deal with that? We shot a special, and uh, right now uh, we're gonna, you know, we're basically shopping it, checking out offers from different places, and you know, hopefully we find a really nice home for it. And uh, if not, I'll just put it out myself, and then you know, see what see what's good there. But yeah, we shot it, and filmed a, a special. It's a pretty cool concept. I'm excited about. it. Did you really roast Ron Jeremy? What is that? Oh yeah, I, yeah. I was part of a roast for Ron Jeremy that did up in Canada, and they uh, they videotaped it. Ron doesn't like you. Uh, I did a interviews. I interviewed porn stars at the convention in Edison, and I asked Ron Jeremy's body count, and he looked at me and walked away. Wow. It was pretty cool, though. Yeah, so he doesn't understand what body count means. He didn't want to, I guess, I, 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 it was a compliment. Like, yeah. it's legendary to fuck over a thousand hot girls. Looking like him, it's motivation. Yeah, but he doesn't probably know what body count is. He probably just thinks that you're saying that he killed them with STDs or some yeah. shit like that. Like, he, he, they don't fuck. He's old. He's like 60 yeah. years old, you know? He so. goes, I hate interviews. <laughs> really? All right, fair enough. But, uh... 
advice you could give? Uh, this is a comic wanted me to answer this because sometimes I come here and do Stress Factory at the open mic night. I see everyone. They asked uh, advice for new comics, you know, starting out. Oh, um, just get on stage. That's the most important thing. It's just get on stage, just do the reps. I mean, there's nothing. What up, baby? I'm only seeing you now. This is good. We interviewed him right before. Oh, good, good shit. And he, and he gave the same answer. <laughs> yeah, just put the reps in. It's like, if you've never done stand up, I can't even begin to like get into like the nuances of it until you until you actually. It's like, it's like teaching somebody swimming technique before they even have been in the water. It's like just be able to float first. Once you can float, then we can teach you crawl stroke, breaststroke, and these little tricks that we pick up. But I think with stand up, it's it's get on stage as much as possible. And then the one thing I can tell you to focus on from the beginning is how you're funny with the people you're most comfortable with. How, yeah, how are you funny with your friends? Are you a storyteller? Are you self-deprecating? Are you someone who roasts? Are you someone who like thinks of kind of crazy concepts? Mm -hmm. Do you use a lot of misdirection? Like, how do you make your friends that are, you're most comfortable around laugh? Yeah. That is what I would focus on because that's who will come out 10 years into the game. Yeah. So the closer you can get to that, the sooner you can get to that, the easier the writing process becomes. You were saying you don't really make fun of yourself because you have nothing really to make fun of yourself about. But like a lot of, I feel like a lot of comedy, you make fun of yourself, especially if you're like a little not normal. Like, sure. like I, a lot of my shit, if I was to do comedy, is self-depreciation, you know? Deprecating, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's great. And I think uh, it's not that I don't have stuff to make fun of. I mean, I think there's definitely, I, I love the times where I could be vulnerable on stage because it's so endearing to an audience. It's easier. Like, when you're making fun of you, the audience doesn't have to think about how they feel about the topic. Yeah. In my personal opinion, I would love if, like, that's where my comedy was focused, but I like ideas too much. Like, it's just for me, that's what's exciting. It's like, I want, okay, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, the teachers fucking the kids, or I'm thinking about, you know, uh, whatever it is, sexism. I'm thinking about these random things, and I was like, how am I going to, how do I feel about this, and how will I make this funny? That's what excites me, you know? And, uh, like, what's the deal? I'm talking about myself. It's boring for me. Yeah, I feel you. Well, all right, all right. At the Hoboken thing, what really was cool was, like, kind of, like, motivating for me. You were, like, funny is funny, my dude. And, like, the whole crowd loved it. Remember when the kid, it was a kid who was in a wheelchair and he was really cool. And you, you, he asked you about his Jordans. And you were, like, can't you stand up or whatever? You or Charlamagne said it. And he's, like, I'm in a wheelchair. And then you made a joke about his Jordans and his, how they're so clean and everyone just laughed. And I think that's what's great about comedy. Right? For sure, yeah. yeah that's, like, great example. Yeah, you and and you know what you'll learn is like I don't know if, were you at the show tonight or no? No, nah, uh, here late. The parking was terrible. Oh, uh, it's all good. Uh, but yeah, it's the same thing. It's like you know if you double down, if you double down on what you're talking about, people will laugh. If you shy away from it, then they won't. Like so, for the person with the wheelchair, I doubled down on him being crippled, right? He's like, I'm crippled, and I was like, you're. I basically was like, you're damn right, and your shoes are clean because. But like, I acknowledged what everybody was thinking instead of going, oh, I'm sorry, da 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 da. And you know, the same thing happened at the show tonight. You know, there was this old lady, and there was it was a dick sucking joke, and I told it to her, because if I didn't tell it directly to her, everybody in the audience would be thinking, how does this old lady feel about this joke, and they wouldn't be able to laugh. So when it comes to funny. Whatever makes you uncomfortable, double down on that. Yeah. And what did you learn? Talk about podcasts. Uh, what did you learn about from Charlemagne? Like the best piece of advice. I feel like he helped you, not necessarily get new fans, but it's like a Absolutely. target. He helped you at a target. I don't want to like, you know, I want to help you out. Like a different target, you know, in the hip hop population and genre and all that a lot of people are like you know I mean know who you are more now absolutely and and absolutely got new fans and then got many new people that hate me also so I'm very grateful for that but uh 
but yeah, I, I mean, I learned a lot of things from Charlemagne. I think um, I think he's just a, a brilliant interviewer. He's a brilliant question asker. He gets right to the fucking question that he wants to talk about, and um, and especially like you know. One thing that I saw him do that I think we kind of have in common, but I really noticed from him, which is just like, if there's something on our mind, we just say it because that calms us. That takes away the anxiety. Get it out of the head. And he's very, people call him like shocking for that. I just think it's incredible honesty, right? It's just like, this is what I want to know right now. And, um, but yeah, just a lot, you know, communicating, putting together like hot takes. Like I'm used to doing that for jokes, but like having that with an idea that you're talking about that's topical, you know, picking these different things up. No, I learned a lot from him, man. I'm very grateful. For social issues, like what about white privilege? Like he teaches you certain things, like you got to talk about the Black Lives Matter movement and you're getting into more hard-hitting topics, like real, real shit, you know? Do I have to? I mean, like, I think you got to talk about just what you want to talk about and you just got to have an opinion on it. And well, I'm, I'm saying, didn't he like show you a different view of things, a different mindset in a way with the white privilege thing? Not really. No. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, I think we had I think we had conversations about it. I think that you have to have conversations about it. You have to to like understand any topic better, you know, but I think there's I mean, what what exactly you're talking about? Like me believing in it or what? Yeah, just like like there was talks on your podcast, and you guys always bring it up about white privilege and things like that. Well, initially he didn't believe in it. Yeah. Neither of us did, right? And then we had a uh, a, co- a talk with Combat Jack where we started understanding what it was. And but my take on that is is still this idea is like okay, so there is white white privilege. Now what? Yeah. Like if you're black, will you just sit down and go, I give up? Like what are you gonna do? Just fucking do it, right? So it's like, it, it, literally, if that's what you want as so as an excuse so you don't have to do anything, then that's your life and you're not going to do anything. Regardless of what we have to deal with, the circumstances, we got to deal with them. There's some white guy whose fucking dad and mom both got cancer and he's 11 years old and he has nothing. Does he have white privilege? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like he would gladly trade that privilege to hang out with his mom and dad for a weekend. You know, so it's like, in my mind, I think that, you know, the privilege conversation is a, what I would call macro discussion, which is if you literally take every single white person in America and then compare them to every single white black person in America, then you'll find this discrepancy, right? But on a person to person basis, I can't, I can't sit here and be like, you know what? I'm more privileged than LeBron. <laughs> all day, yeah, it's different perspective. It's all perspective. Person for person basis. It's what you want, what you're doing in your life, what what you, what you plan on doing with your life. You know, it's yeah, it's totally. But uh, yeah, switching uh, topics. Uh, would you rather smash Kylie Jenner or Ariana Grande? Uh, Kylie. I think Ariana looks prepubescent. A lot of surgery though. Kylie or Ariana? Kylie, probably Ariana too. Yeah, but I just, I, I mean, I like older women. I like legally looking women, right? You know, so I think, like, I don't care if you're 25 years old. If you look 16, that's not attractive to me. If you're 18 and you look 25, that's attractive to me. Like, I don't, I don't, how do I say this? Like, the number isn't as important as the look of you. Like, if there's a girl who's 30 years old, but she looks like she's 12, is that hot? Right? <laughs> like, you're not fucking her ID. Yeah, yeah. What's your take on online dating? Like, do you have Tinder or Bumble? And like, do you think you get more pussy for being a comedian on MTV? I have, um, I have a, another dating app. It's called Raya or Raya. You put money in that or something? You're endorsing it? It's more like, uh, no, am I endorsing the app? Yeah. No, no, absolutely. It doesn't need me. Uh, it's, it's like a kind of cool, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's it, whatever. And uh, for people that are busy, it's functional. I think it's a functional way of meeting the right person. Um, I get it. It's the first time I ever tried it, and uh, I'm cool with it. I've met interesting people. I don't like knock it. Yeah. I still think you should be able to talk to people in person, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, but I'm not like against online dating. I mean, everything's online now. We should expect dating to move in that direction as well. 
you know? I want to let you go soon, but I got to ask about personal branding because I remember back in like 2010, you were like low-key on Twitter and you kind of built up a following. Mm -hmm. You got your MTV deals. You got all other types of stuff. But how big and key is personal branding now to get like what you want? Because there's some stuff on MTV that you did and you admit it. You didn't like yeah. doing it, but you did it for the, you know? I did, um, you know, dude... I don't know. Sorry for keep talking about you, but like with no, the, no, the, the, yeah. the personal branding thing is is tricky because it's like I don't I don't really know how do I say it. Branding I don't really think about it that much, but I know it's important. You know, like I understand the importance of I understand the importance of of, of a brand and knowing your brand and, and working with that. I just. I just try to focus on funny and how I'm funny and what I'm doing and doing what I want. And hopefully an organic brand comes from that. Now, I do call my stand-up dates a tour, right, that plays off of something that people know about me, right? I am doing things that are maybe more than the average comedian are doing in terms of branding. But um, the funnier and the better you are at anything, the easier networking and branding gets. So I work on the funny, and that shit kind of handles itself. Because, you know, you interviewed Gary Vanderchuk. I think I said his name right. He's from New Jersey. And his whole thing is like... Jab, 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 punch, or whatever. So pretty much, he puts out content for people, and then he'll promote something. Like for instance, you'll talk about a trending topic, like Kylie Jenner's lips or something, and then you'll talk about your tour and promote that. Like I, I didn't know if there's a certain strategy you guys use or whatnot. I got nothing for that. I mean, I, I honestly don't know. I just hopefully uh, people fuck with me as a person and my ideas, and um, even if they agree or disagree, they like the thought process behind it, and then they want to come see my stand up. You know, that's really been my focus on for entertainment purposes. It's been before I did the podcast, it was just, I want to do TV so people come out and do see stand-up. Now I'm doing a podcast because I love the podcast. I like getting my ideas out to people. And stand-up is just a really fun way for me to also do that. Um, it just so helps that the podcast gets people to come out and see stand-up. You got any more dates for the podcast? Yeah, you can go to theandrewschultz.com and you can check out all this stuff. Oh, uh, the late but Patrice O'Neill, man, the best ever in my opinion. So I love Patrice, and uh, I would say that's my my biggest inspiration. I just love how he did comedy and really just his whole vibe, everything. So uh, yeah, he was just great. And then obviously there's a bunch of other great comics that are working now and have worked in the past. But I would say that he's like the in my head I go, how would he handle this situation? Or like you know, even right now I, I wish that he was around just for everything that's happening with Trump and Black Lives Matter and all these things. I mean, he just has such a clean, cool perspective, you know. I never thought his perspective was motivated by his race or his size or anything like that. It was just his unique perspective. So I, I am to have that as well. Do you have, like, a fear, like, of not amounting to anything in life? Like, I know a lot of comedians, they have these fears, you know, like, you know, you want to elevate your co comedy to the next level no. or everything like that. No, my only fear is, is uh, getting, like, badly injured where I can't achieve my goals. I don't have any question that if I have, if I have time, I will achieve them. Right. But I, if I get fucking, you know, quadriplegic up or whatever, like that is my biggest fear. Not dying. Dying. I'm dead. I can't be upset about it. But living and not being able to do what I want to do would, is my greatest fear. Yeah. But I feel like if I'm healthy, I'm good. I'm doing I'm already doing what I want to do. Yeah. It's just expanding the right. It's just like I'm already making the pizza. I just going to continue making the pizza bigger. But it's like I'm, I get to do exactly what I want to do. It's fucking incredible. It's incredible. It's just the shit.
So to wrap it up, did you? I don't know. You probably won't answer this. Sorry, Big Bad Lou. This guy's really Christian, but I, I like asking sh- some shit. Sure. What about like has your pussy gone up from being you know famous? Like, is it like more Instagram models? You know, it's like say who and shit like that. But are you starting to like fuck hip hop chicks? Get into that realm or? Am I getting as my friend Damian Lemon says, made for TV pussy? Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, life is good, but I'm not gonna lie to you. Life was was always good, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, it, it, comedy has never been a focus to get laid for uh, me. Yeah. Like, it might even hurt. I feel like if you talk about like so much shit, like a girl will be like, I don't want to fuck you if you're gonna talk about all this oh, stuff. Absolutely. That's ha- happened to me in like life with radio. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But not talking about like things. Just having an opinion could definitely, you know, definitely. But in my opinion. Like, like, pussy and comedy never went together. Like, I never have done shows like, who am I going to fuck after? If a girl wanted to talk to me after, oh, that's dope. That's cool. I mean, but that's with anything. If, you, if you're a policeman, there's groupies, right? If you work at a restaurant, there's groupies. Like, so it's like, no matter what your field, there will be girls that are attracted to you. It definitely makes it easier to talk to women when they know you've been on TV because they know you're not a serial killer, right? You, like, immediately become safer in their eyes. But you still have to... You know, get it. I guess you could say, but um, but yeah, I just I just never felt like you should do your profession to get laid directly. I was just seeing if you got more pussy because of it, because of success. I mean, quantity. I guess you could say yeah, but you know, at the same time, like as a man, you should be getting more pussy yeah. as you approach thirty. Like that's yeah, when you yeah. learn how to, you know, have sex. With My thing is though, like you either gotta go with your ride or die from before you blew up, yeah. or you gotta get someone who's on your level. You know, do you feel what I'm saying? Like Brad and you know Brad and Angela, yeah, yeah. Angelina Jolie, and uh, like for instance, like Howard Stern, he had his old, he had his girl, his high school sweetheart, yeah. but then he got divorced. But shit, like that's what I'm. Just... Yeah, I just I, honestly like, if if I get along with you and you're fucking cool and I feel like I can be myself and I enjoy being myself around you, I don't give a fuck if you're famous or not. Yeah. Like, I want, to be honest, a regular chick. I want a lawyer or some, like, CEO girl who's smart as shit and we can talk about Syria and she looks good in a bikini. That That is the dream, you know? Like, so I don't care. I don't need some chick in entertainment. I almost prefer not. I, because then in entertainment, there's little competitive vibes at times, you know? They resent that you're getting to do what you want and they, they can't or vice versa, so. So wrap it up. I usually ask this. Is it passion over profit? We've been wrapping it up for five minutes. Sorry about this. Uh, I just fucking have ADD. I get questions. I keep going. Is it passion over what? Profit. Absolutely. But what people don't understand is with passion comes profit. Like I always say this. You can't get good at money. There's no such thing. Mon- 